notifications on and I had to get back on here and I was like, I, I didn't know if we were even doing this live or if it was being recorded for later or whatever, but I am recording it. Sure. Uh, but I, I just wanted to see if I'd get any views on, uh, on YouTube live. So I also did, this is getting pushed through to uh, my YouTube channel that has like 14 followers. So, uh, yeah, maybe like a half. one seventh of them already in here. Exactly. I think, unless we're the two participants I see. Oh, can you also see it? Oh, on, on, well, no, this is the Zoom call. So yeah, oh. there's that. Oh, um, if I'm uh, looking yeah. on YouTube right it. now, uh, a, a currently grand total of one person is watching. A one uh, person. That one is person. A and I think that includes me having that window open. So <laughs> none right now. Uh, yeah, which is fine. Uh, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's what's, that's what it's all about. But, um, yeah. Brett Q. Welcome to Moto Albums. You are the first official um, episode of Moto Albums, which is, it, it's kind of serendipitous that I do make you the first one because you and I essentially did this three years ago. When COVID first happened, you and I did, uh, I think it was a Zoom call, and we went through some old photos. Some of the photos that we even looked at then, we're going to look at today. I was never able, yeah. I, I actually lost like half of that audio and most of the video from that, because uh, my laptop, this one right here, that's still from 2012, and it's terrible, uh, yep. lost half of that uh, content. So uh, we're we're now we've upgraded. We actually have a desktop rather than a crappy laptop, and I'm a, I'm in a house rather than an apartment. So the whole program is a lot better, and it's no longer 2020 when COVID is descending on the world. You are living large. I love it. That's awesome. That Absolutely. laptop of yours, that 2012 one, that's exactly the same year I got my laptop, and that thing is garbage. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. a MacBook, and I was so proud of that thing. And it's still, it's amazing that it still works. And I guess credit to Apple for letting that happen. But it's, yeah, that's exactly how my laptop is. Yeah. Is it I covered in cool stickers like mine? Uh, yeah, there's actually, there's a bunch of them here. Oh, yeah. I, well, actually. Show and tell? Name, is this now show and tell? Yeah, this is all I got on it. Just, just one. I'm going to send you a, I'm going to send you a 95. Oh, you don't actually, have to put it on there or anything. But. Actually, there is another one. There's oh, that one. Air wheelies. A, we know who that is. 365 air wheelies sticker. I don't know if you can what? see that. Oh, what? Yeah. Not the, not the 488? No, no, sir. That's a 365. Even though I can't wheelie, I can't nose wheelie, I can't, or I can't wheelie, I can't air wheelie, I can't do any of that stuff. If my friend's got to come up, it's not happening. I'll loop out. Fair enough. Can you confirm or deny that you have ever been Ronnie Mac in a video? Mm, I can't really. T- I don't really know much about that. Uh, I've I filmed a bunch of his stuff, so I, I actually have seen him. Yeah, you've seen him. Yeah, like seen you. Him I, I, I'm willing to bet you guys have shared a hotel room or two. <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah, those are the stories for another time. Those sure. are that, that, that one day Ronnie Mac should write a book. Like, like, yeah, yeah that would be, whew, uh, be X, kind of scary, really. it would be X-rated for sure. Uh, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah. all right. So we're going to see how this works, man. Uh, as far right, as uh, going it. through some photos, I'm going to share my yep. screen here and, uh, we're going to pop over to this screen right here. Can you, can you see that? I can see a big, we- yep. I got it now. Boom. Got it. They even added a little uh uh no average Joe. I no average that. Joe. Yeah. Man, I was... make, you're making me sound way better than I am. Well, I actually misspelled it at first. I thought I was no average Jew. And <laughs> I was like, that's just 
<laughs> I'm not even, even sure. <laughs> That's just incorrect. So, uh, yeah, no average Joe, man. Uh, for those who don't know, well, if you're if you if you're following this show in any way, shape, or form, you know damn well who Brett Q is. Uh, he's one of the most talented guys on a dirt bike uh, that I've met in person, honestly. Just as far as bike skill, skills on the motorcycle, because there's lots of guys who go very, very fast, but they don't necessarily have the wide range of skills that you do. Whether it's the tricks and the nose wheelies and the everything else, so uh, I'm. Well, I appreciate you're, that. You're already I'm being too modest, but master of none. We can go I'm, with that. I'm all, right at, I'm all right at a lot of things, but I'm not really good at anything. So fair enough, but I, I would go ahead and say that there isn't a single thing on a dirt bike that you aren't better than me at. So uh, I don't know. I mean, you were probably the largest person to ever ride at eighty or 85 whatever they called it whenever you yeah I, I think that you could have been a better big big guy on the little bike than me fair enough I, I'm, a, I'm a pretty big guy on a little bike a lot of times oh yeah no you know what actually like completely off topic but when i i dated a girl that she got a kx80 when i was like i don't know like 20 a big girl like, she's a bigger girl than you no no, no, no. Thought, like she was sure, she sure. was tiny she was tiny oh, but I so got, she had a kx85 Okay. And like, but I would take that thing for a rip every once in a while just to like clean it out. And mm-hmm. oh, was that fun, dude! Like just like throwing <laughs> that thing through the gears. But yeah, all right. So Brett Q, no average Joe. How this person? How is this going to work for those who have? Well, this is the first episode, of it, so no one knows how this is going to work. Not even me. Exactly. Um, even, no, we're, we're just winging it. But essentially, I've put together a uh, a PowerPoint slideshow mixed with some awesome photos throughout your career, and uh, hopefully, it just pulls out some stories. Um, and uh, yeah, we're and honestly, you and I are going to do probably two or three of these over the time of because um, yeah, like you have way too many stories, and there's way too much to touch on. In like we we could be here for two hours. As as, as much as some people would enjoy that. Uh, I don't want to lose anybody. So it'd probably be better for us to get four half hour to 45 minute shows than uh, one three hour long show where at the end of it, I'm just like, Hey, Brett, what's in this photo, man. <laughs> and you're well, just the like, is, the good news is I can't really remember a lot. So I, I don't really know that, uh, that I'm going to make any story long. So okay. that'd be good because we'll be able to get through a lot of pictures. And that's also good news because I have like 4 trillion of them. So fine oh for sure like i did my own digging for some photos and then you and i started chatting and then you you dumped about 50 million more on me and i was like okay well i don't like it now i didn't have any photos to begin with because all (laughs) of yours were gold uh but we're gonna start with one that you and i have in common uh this one's near and dear to my heart uh this guy josh gray one of the most talented helmet painters under the sun and also just a salty the earth person who would give you the shirt off his back even if he's not wearing one um this only highlights three of the helmets that you've done in fact i think these are all bell helmets but since then actually one of them's a fly lid i think well one's uh the The middle one's a fly lid it's a trolley oh it's Um, fair enough so actually that one on the left is a trolley too oh that's right right Um, okay so tell me a little bit about josh gray tell me a little bit of this these helmets as well as that uh the wristband that you're wearing in the middle photo Yeah, that was my, uh, that, I don't know, that was about 2012. That was, that was a minute ago. But Josh and I have been friends for a long time since just before that, maybe 11 or 12, we met. And uh, 
I had always seen a lot of his stuff. He had just kind of started painting helmets at that point. And uh, I'd seen a lot of his stuff, and I really liked the graffiti-style look that he did and all the bright colors and stuff. And uh, my dad had always painted my helmets growing up. I didn't have a, like a, not to sound like snotty or whatever, but I didn't have a stock painted helmet for a lot of years. And it was like, I'd never even rode in front of anybody at that point. Like there was only probably six or seven guys that rode at this spot that I grew up at or that I started riding. And so there was really no reason to have a custom painted helmet at that point. But my dad just loved doing it. And he was a really good drawer, a good artist. Yeah. And uh, he had an airbrush, so he always painted my helmets. And uh, then I wore stock stuff, and he, my dad would always get really upset at me if I broke my visors because I didn't have to re- redo it and paint me another one. And I've been known to break a few visors. But I uh, I wore a stock helmet for a little bit, and then I was like, you know what? I just saw Josh's stuff, and it was the first guy that I'd seen that painted kind of like my dad, and it just reminded me of of his stuff. Um, just how it was bright and it was just all over the place kind of. And so I got a hold of Josh and uh wanted him to paint me a helmet. And that's actually that very first one is the one that I have in the middle right there. That was the first helmet he did for me. And uh he knew that I like to take pictures, and that's supposedly my picture of my mop and my camera. And uh there's another picture, I think, on the other side of me doing a whip. And so a couple of things I really like to do. He was we were just going to know each other at that point. And, and, uh, he found out that I like to do those things and just painted that helmet. I don't even really think that I told him what I wanted on that. I told, just told him I wanted it to be bright and look cool. And so that's what he did. Um, but yeah, Josh and I have been friends ever since and through all the, the road to X game stuff and trying to get there and through everything, he's just been super, super good guy. One of my best buddies. So he's uh, still to this day because that helmet on the far right, that's actually the latest one that I have. I went to do a uh, best whip competition last year at uh, Monster Jam World Finals in Florida. And that was where that helmet was painted for. He had a, a cool idea with uh, with what he did with it. And yeah, I really like that helmet. I still still wear it a lot of times whenever I'm riding. Um, it's a Moto 9 and I they frown upon that if I wear that over the Moto 10. But I... Uh, I still wear it sometimes. And then uh, the one on the left was when I worked for motorsport.com. And actually that was a helmet for when I got invited to Australia, me and Dayton right. got to go over there and um, go ride Manjum up, which is one of the gnarliest, roughest, nastiest tracks that I've ridden. Partly because I haven't really ridden uh, outdoor national um, during the, the races, I'm sure because they get pretty rough and nasty as well. But the Manjum up track was Sandy and it was not where I belonged. I was, I was, uh, I think I got lapped about eight times, but I was racing with Ben Townley. I shouldn't have been out there on the same track holding that guy up. There was Nick Way. There was a bunch of AJ Catanzaro's out there. There was a lot of guys that were, that were flying. I don't even think any of them won, actually. Um, I don't even remember who it was that won. It was some Australian guy, but, um, and I should remember that. I would if I got a little time to think about it, but, I don't. So that's the helmet that Josh painted me for that. And uh, somehow I did not ever break that visor on that helmet. And I still have all three of those. So I'm uh, I'm pretty pumped to keep all this stuff around. And and uh, someday I'll put it up on the shelf somewhere. 
That's sick, man. Yeah, I've got uh, my one uh, that he's done for me all painted up. He also did one for my dad because my dad's a, a diehard uh, motocross action guy. So I had him do, do up, a, I believe it's a Moto 9. Uh, I, I had it dressed it up as a, uh, one of the Wrecking Crew helmets. So that was pretty cool. And he personalized it on yeah. the back. Uh, it's yeah. funny. Um, your experience with the, the visors is why uh, Josh requires me to send him an extra visor uh, with, 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 with each helmet. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's yeah. uh, you helped him learn that when it comes to uh, painting helmets. I probably did. But the thing is that I don't remember ever doing that. I think I might have done that one time and I'm sure I used it. And that's probably why I don't remember it. I've just tried to block it out. Or I hit my head hard enough that I didn't don't really remember breaking the visor, and I just put it on there and and went with it. But yeah, he's uh, I I unfortunately had to help Josh learn the hard way, I guess. So, but it's good. He's a good friend. He's always taking good care of me. So, I love it. Uh, a couple other things I want to notice here: uh, the Storm Lake Honda sticker on there. You are essentially teammates with one Chris Riesenberg, uh, the, the one they call Checkers. Oh, yep, that's pretty sure. cool. And yeah, but, uh, uh, I just got to know those guys. I think when I moved up here, um, I dealt with Oklahoma Honda for a lot of years, and John's been super cool to me. But uh, he, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to go back to Oklahoma whenever I need something. And I mean, it's it's a little ways over to Storm Lake also, but it's at least closer. So. Fair enough. You've had a pretty interesting experience in the sport as far as uh like growing up where you grew up uh, we'll get into that a little bit later when we look at some older photos uh but also like the journey to working through motorsport uh going to x games ha- having a video segment like you're you're not totally indifferent than than me when it comes to like we grew up on motocross videos like uh revelation 199 all day long just making sure that that thing got played and played and played and played and played um and you're a bit of a student of it as well but at the same time like your skill set and just your willingness to go ride and have fun with people and and like with guys like kevin windham and travis pastrana like it's it's been a pretty wild 10 years man and like you're you still do get out on a bike on a regular basis i like honestly like day-to-day life now for you is is more uh you're you're more on the construction side of things are you not yeah i'm uh living full-time dad life slash working uh working in the garage basically it's i build countertops concrete countertops a lot yeah so i don't get to ride as much as i would like to but i have always wanted to have kids like that was my one thing that i just wanted so bad and i want to spend all the time i can with them so in order to do that i it's not like I have a, a solid job where I got, where I have a money coming in every, every, whatever, every week. That's the same amount basically, but at least it's, uh, it's what I need to, to make it and be able to stick with my kids until they really get into school and until they, uh, till they really can't be around me anymore. I want to be around them. So I'm, uh, taking full advantage of it. Fair enough. And you're, you're the proud papa of two now, right? You have, there's Riley and you have one either on the way or you've got the second one. Yep. My little guy just turned one. So his Holy name is Lane. Dude. What's that? So he's, uh, his name is Lane. Lane. Oh man. I, yeah. Does he have a PW yet? No, not yet, but I'm just so worried that he's, he's not going to be scared. He already like goes oh, for it. Oh. But Riley, like Riley rides her Stacy and she rips around pretty fast. But she was always like at that age, she was so worried to climb up stuff or fall off the couch or whatever. Like she was like 
super timid with everything she did. But Lane, he's not worried. He just goes for it. Yeah. Climbs up whatever he can, jumps off whatever he can. He's only one. He just learned how to walk and he's already jumping off stuff. So that's the Pretty exact same dynamic as my nieces. The the oldest one is miss careful on everything. And then the the younger of the two would like just choke slam the other one into the couch and just would not <laughs> even think about uh twice about it. Uh yep. I love it. Well, um, last question I have for you before uh we I we leave Josh Gray shades of gray. If you never if you're looking to get your helmet painted, uh, do so. Especially if you have lots of time on your hands, because Josh has been known, especially with me, to have helmets for quite some time. He had my he he must have set a record with my fly helmet because he had that thing for 18 months Jeez. before I sought it back. And yeah. uh, he, he's had a couple of fox lids of mine for the last six months. And yeah, I'm not going to see those until. I, I love Josh. I love Josh. He takes his time, but uh, it's definitely worth it. But yeah. he definitely takes his time. Also, he's just, he's not just full time helmet guy either. He's got no, other he, jobs and he's got kids. He's got all this stuff. So, kidding. He's he has, running a series. Uh, so I'm surprised he has any hair left. Yeah, no doubt. Well, he's growing it out. I think that might be he's just celebrating that he has hair left because he's growing it out. It's like it's kind of bushy. Last time I saw him, he, was, he had a mullet going on. But I like it. Yeah, I, I thought about doing the mullet for uh, for Loretta's, and then I thought to myself, "This is the first big event that I'm doing for Verb, so I might want to like be look somewhat presentable." Uh, yeah, everybody at Verb clean cut, right? Oh yeah, big thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's honestly me and me and Wes. Like when we both have our haircut, it's I think we're like fucking twins. But yeah, I think uh, you guys do quite a bit like. Uh, sure. Let's let's move on to the next one here. Oh well, speaking of Verb. This yeah. is this is one of the coolest things that has ever happened on a dirt bike. Uh, it's the it, world's largest rocking chair. The world's Man, largest. What more could you ever? What more could you ever ask for? That's a big ass rocking chair. Nobody's yeah. ever jumped off that thing with a dirt bike, except for me. Tell me about how you even got propositioned into doing this. Um, um, obviously, the bike had to have been set up for months on end trying to figure this out. <laughs> like, like yeah, take, take me through this situation and what got you to wear. So the, the point where the picture on the side when you are it's that's full takeoff, man. Yeah, it was it was uh man, it was a long hard road, honestly. It was a lot of testing and a lot of training and it was just serious more so than people think. Like it wasn't just a it looks small, but that wasn't very small. That was the world's largest rocking chair. It was big. And the landing ramp's not very steep. <laughs> no, it's not very steep at all. And it was made out of mud and it was covered by or there was hay bales covered in dirt as yeah. you can tell there those are a couple of round bales so it was, it was not the ideal thing to land on but if i would have made it big it would just look like a sissy jump so i couldn't have been doing that yeah. and you, you can't really tell there like it looks like it oh you just fall off and land on that it was like 25 or 30 feet out to the to a good spot from where i had to jump like straight up length and it, i mean I clicked in second gear and I just gave her a little blip to get off that thing. It wasn't just like I fell off. So I don't know. It was cool though. So but, yeah, go ahead. Now I go for it. What do you got? I was going to say like, like, like the first thing that I think of with something like this is like, like uh, Robbie Madison dropping in, uh, in Vegas. Oh, yeah. Like this is basically the same thing. Although this is yeah. a rocking chair, like, and his was his, his build, building wasn't the world's biggest anything. This is the no, world's no, biggest no. rocking chair. Um, it was, and his was just like a, the one in Vegas was like a it was a makeshift like a it was like a wannabe Arc de Trump or whatever they call that that wasn't even the real deal 
Yeah. So, that was the I mean, miniature version of what I'm going to see in France in about a month's time. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, like, I FaceTimed Robbie whenever I was at the bottom of this thing earlier in the day. I don't know if you knew this, but I FaceTimed him. It was probably like one o'clock in the afternoon. And he's laying in bed with like something big and like a big ice pack or a big thing on his back. And he like had no shirt on. He could barely even move. And I was like, what, what happened? He was like, I jumped off something like that. And he's like, well, it wasn't quite as big as that, but still I jumped off something like that. And I was like, Oh, that's promising. It's good to hear right before I do this. So yeah, it was, uh, he gave me some advice and some pointers and I accidentally did it right. So it was perfect. Perfect. Was, was that when he dropped, like he was doing uh, like kind of like a, a real moto segment where he ended up dropping into like this concrete culvert thing and like, just like absolutely taco a wheel. I don't know, but that probably, that wouldn't surprise me really. Yeah. He's jumped off a lot of things that weren't very smart. No, A lot of things that are probably maybe bigger than that rocking chair, but he still hasn't jumped off of that rocking chair. Cause that's the world's biggest and that's the only, I'm the only person that's ever jumped off that. Um, two questions I have for you. Um, first of all, this was at Lincoln Trail, uh, or just down the street, I guess, from, uh, so yeah. that event must have been awesome. Uh, the, the yeah. need for handguards in this, in this situation, as well as do you always have your bars rolled so far back or is it, or does it just look that way because of the angle of the camera? Yeah, I think it's just the angle of the camera. The pictures are deceiving because, I, I'm pretty sure I had that, um, the camera like out from the front of my, like underneath the visor, it okay. had a little thing that it hung on and it actually is out quite a ways and it's a 360. So you know how that kind of yeah. makes everything a little distorted. So I don't, I tried to run them exactly parallel with my forks, but they are in the back, um, the back mount. Yeah. Bar. Um, but I actually just, I got a different, or a new bike the other day and I tried to put them forward for the first time. And I thought that it'd be kind of weird because I was sitting on the stand. I'm like, this is, this is jacked up, you know, but I, uh, this is my little girl. This is Riley. Oh, Riley. Say hi. We thought we thought we were going to do this after your bedtime, but clearly that has not transpired. No, not happening. Um, but I tried to, uh, to put them in the forward spot and I think I'm going to keep them there. So, okay. Anyways, the handguards also, yeah, I don't really know what I was thinking there. Um, I'm pretty sure that Talon at a Cherubis. I was going to say, is that just an Acherby's plug? Yeah, it was, it was his, his fault, I think. Not really sure, but I haven't ran handguards for a long time. Or, like, I haven't chose to run handguards in a long time. I used to run them all the time just because Travis did. Yeah. And I wanted to be cool as Travis, you know. But really, there's nothing as cool as the original – I know that I say this, of course, but yes. the ones that Travis ran on his, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, the absolutely. That, I was yeah, just about to say, a Cherubis would do themselves a favor by reproducing those, even yeah. just in yellow, and they would mm-hmm. get sold out immediately. Yeah, but you know you know the style I'm talking about. Travis in 2000 Outdoors, he, that, that style. I don't even yeah. know what they call them, like the flag hangars, maybe. Is I think they right? were the flag. Yeah, if not, they, honestly, they did. They they went through a bunch of iterations in a row. There, Travis always only ran those, no matter what they did. He even ran them in two thousand and five. The mm-hmm. absolute ugliest ones, and I, I love talent at Atribis. Those are like <laughs> they they make awesome stuff. The ones they actually have now aren't too too bad. The the I don't know what they're called, but uh, the ones with like the fins in them, not these, but the ones that came before yeah. that. 
Um, but, uh, the ones that, uh, that James used to run when he, whenever he would run, uh, like handguards on his cowies, the really like round looking ones, those were ugly as sin. Yeah. Those were, those were bad. Look like, Um, uh, look like bark busters. Yeah, they did. They kind of, they, 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 they had the outline of bark busters, even though they weren't bark busters. Um, but yeah, this was, this was awesome. Are you going to jump off anything else that's big soon? Uh, maybe you never know. Honestly, this all started because I did a camp at uh, a camp with AJ Catanzaro, Jay Sowen, and a few guys there at Lincoln Trail, and it was probably the year before that, maybe two years. And uh, we went to—I'm not trying to tell any guys—but we went to get ice cream, and it's right below the world's largest mailbox. And so we went up in the mailbox, you know, and and we're eating. And I was like, how cool would it be to jump out of this thing? It would be so sick if you could build like a big landing and have a little kicker right here and just jump up. And how cool of a picture would it be if you're just like seat bouncing, throwing a little flat whip and then jumping down. And I was like, yeah, that'd be cool, whatever. And we talked about it and then we forgot about it. And we went back and told Drew at Lincoln Trail, we were like, hey, that would be so sick if we could jump off that mailbox, you know, or out of that mailbox. And he was like, yeah, that would be cool, huh? And then nothing ever came out of it. Like we didn't even think about it. And then about a year later, he called me out of nowhere. He's like, Hey, you still want to jump out of that mailbox? I'm like, Oh yeah, let's go. And he's like, all right, I'll see what I can do. I'll call you back. And then he called um, the people at the town and they were going through stuff. And he was like, well, mailbox may be a no go, but do you want to jump out of that rocking chair? And I had never even seen it before. I didn't even know there was a world's largest rocking chair there. And I was like, yep, let's go. And so he said, all right, I'll set it up. And he said, come back, come down and look at it here in a couple of weeks. He's like, I'll send you a picture, but come, come look at it. I was like, all right, sweet. And so went down and checked it out and looked good and ended up doing it. So it was uh, not particularly the plan. My little girl just took a whole bag or a box of Oreos downstairs. Nice. And now she's giggling about it. She's stealing my Oreos. Can't be having that. She's still laughing. Awesome. Um, yeah. So I taught her well. Yeah, but exactly. Yeah. There was all. There's a couple more things there that I really think would be cool. There's the world's largest golf tee, and I really wanted to do that, like do an on-off on the golf tee until I figured out how wide it was at the top. It's only it's like, like the length of a dirt bike. <laughs> yeah, it's only like three feet wide at the top, and I'm like, I don't think Chad Reed could hit that. So that was off the list. And uh, there's a couple more ideas that I think would be cool, but I uh, don't really know. The, the people in the town are definitely down for it. They're they're cool with whatever we want to do. So just got to come up with a new idea and make it happen. I love it. Well, uh, yeah, I'm glad to hear the uh, how how that all came together. Those are exactly the stories that Moto Albums is going to try to pull out of our <laughs> guests. Uh, let's go straight into some one of my some of my my cool my favorite photos of you. Um, and not only the fact that you you wore some of the coolest sets from No Fear, but uh, you also had those Arai helmets with the movable chin guard and all that. Uh, I can't tell like based on what I'm looking at whether or not I've cut your head off on the top one. But uh, um, take me through yeah. these four photos and uh, like where you're at. Uh, I think it's the same bike in most of them. Uh, except for one of them is a 125, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, first of all, why three, three, or three, 366? Was that just a, was that a leap year? No, not quite. 
that was my first trip to world minis actually. And that was when I got that number, that okay. top left picture. Um, I went to world minis in 2000 and I went to race 125 beginner class and I'd been running like number four, I think it was, or number two. Like I always wanted a big, like a, a single digit number because one industry's made those like fat numbers, you know, and that's, yeah, that's yeah. what I run for a long time. And plus you didn't have to worry about like getting them straight. You know, you didn't have to worry about lining them up because we didn't have preprint numbers then. Right. So we just had to line them up and make them look cool. So I went to uh, Vegas and I got there and I had number four and they were like, you can't really run that here because <laughs> NMA doesn't let you do that. And they were like, what number do you want? And I was like, I don't care. Just give me a number. And so they gave me 366. So randomly, I don't know why. I don't know how I got that, but I got 366. And then actually the next year, it's uh, – so this – oh, let me finish that. I'll talk talk about that later. But yeah, that was the first year of World Minis, and I was racing beginner. And I was racing with Billy Leninovich's brother. That's the only person oh, yeah. I really You know. got the number two on the helmet. Dad must have painted that on there for you. Yep. Yeah, all three of those helmets actually my dad painted. Um, he used to paint Kenny Barstrom's helmets, Guy Cooper's okay. helmets. That helmet or that picture I seen yesterday of me as a young guy wearing a helmet, that's one of Guy's helmets that my dad painted. Oh no way. Sorry, I didn't fill you fill you in on any of those stories, but no. I just kind of on a spree just sending random pictures. Um but yeah, the, I had the Alpine Star Vector boots, the no fear vented gear that Travis wore on Daytona in. Um but yeah, I rode 125 beginner class that year. And I remember going to the gate, like I had only raced two times, I think at this point in my life, I raced, uh, maybe this is actually my second race. I think this is my second race. My very first race though, was at a local arena cross at a track my dad built. I had ridden it a bunch for like getting the track tested and all that stuff. Like, so I, I kind of was comfortable on the track that I raced. Um, but I raced with like three or four of my buddies that I'd grown up riding with. That's like the only people I'd ever ridden with. I raced with those guys. So I went there, raced with them. And then the very next race I did was with a full gate of 125 beginners at World Mini on a starting gate that was concrete. And I was terrified. I was so scared. I remember being on the bike. Like my dad made me start all the way outside. Just that way I, I would just be able to get away from everybody not really knowing that that's the place that everybody like piled into, but I didn't really get to the first turn in the amount of time I needed to, to get hit. So I didn't really have to worry about that, but I was just terrified of this, of this race. So I pretty much was on the gate and I was about to throw up and I really wanted to go switch gear and let my dad ride for me. And I wanted to be his mechanic, but I didn't, he didn't let me. So I started, I let everybody go. And uh, I was in last place and I came back to like 10th, even though I fell like three times, I think, but I got 10th and I was like, man, I should have started with everybody. So that's pretty much how the whole weekend went um, or the whole week. I was terrified of start and I came back and did all right. Um, and then I don't remember where I was going with that one, but. Uh, I do oh, notice yeah. the, those, those hand guards we were talking about, yep, uh, those good. are, those are them right there. And also That's the good. ones that I was bagging on are also on your other bike. The, uh, yep. the two bottom photos. Those are the blue and white version of the ones that James wrote. Uh, yeah, yeah, those were like, it's, it, they were like, 
You can totally tell what year it is based on what those things were. I think that's that's oh three, uh, yeah, or oh two. Exactly. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, they were they were what they were. Uh, but yeah, like, keep going. You, honestly, you had great style back in the day. Like oh, just thanks. like the the uh, the cosmetics of Moto, you were on top of. The only thing that I'll give you shit on on any of these photos was the Renthal chain wheels sticker on the sh- on the forks. That might not have been your best look. And I'm also going to notice uh, some Marshall's uh, um, suspension. Uh, and that, of yeah. course, is Marshall Plum, who uh, is, is from that area. He's actually Canadian. He played uh, junior hockey up here in Canada. And he, of course, was uh, Guy Cooper's mechanic when he won his one and only uh, AMA national title. Yes, he was indeed. And I can't believe that you are bagging on me for the Renthal sticker and not the Hanson's energy drink sticker on the bottom. But that's where that's I mean, where the Hanson's energy drink sticker was on on like McGrath and whoever else. Yeah, but like the still, the chain wheel the sticker Hanson's goes on the back swing arm. You take your yeah, Yamaha stickers that, off. That didn't go on the. Those Yamaha stickers were such a pain to get off. I know. You didn't take those things off. Those were a mess. I do like I the mean, one industries uh the the fender archers though. Those were those were mint. Yeah, that was the, what the cool kids did. Yeah. But also an, another thing I'll add on the first one on the top left. Those numbers were the straightest numbers that I could have ever imagined being on my bike that weren't pre-printed. Mm-hmm. And yeah, every good. time we, every time we would do something like that, we'd put the clear over them. Like yeah. we put the clear over the whole thing just to protect it. And so it wouldn't scratch up. Or and you blow them we, off with the, the pressure yeah, washer. Yep. And also over the fenders, I would put clear over like the whole thing that I could get it over. And then as soon as I crash or scratch it up, or I wanted to re-sticker it and do different stickers. I would just take the clear off and I just wouldn't even have to get a new fender, but like a brand new fender under there. Yeah. Was the, those were the days, man. That oh, was, for sure. That was when the, yeah. These were, really cool. these were good times. And yeah, those, those vector boots from Alpine star, that was essentially the first version of the tech 10. Uh, the yeah. tech 10 came out after that. From what I remember, like the reviews on the, the vectors that they didn't stay together very well. Like they, they weren't a, a durable boot, but they were lighter and they were a little bit more flexible and they, they had, they were had some more venting in them. Uh, they were yeah. pretty neat. Um, they were sort of, I think those were a little bit of ahead of their time. Yes. No. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I like them. I had a bunch of them. Is I that an HRP uh, chest protector as well? Yeah. Cause Travis won. I told you that. You oh, should know yeah. that by now. Yeah, it's HRP. And it was even, I think it was even the yellow uh, shoulder guards, too. The yeah. shoulder pad. He had sure. yellow. He also had chrome, but uh, yeah, he ran yeah, yellow as well. Yeah, for uh, sure. I, yeah. And the, the, the kicker, uh, like, this, you're basically, this is straight out of Revelation 199. Like, this yeah, is... It's a Kenny and Travis mix. Yeah, it is. Um, it's, this is it's Kenny Travis, Bertram. It's Travis Travis that's yeah. what I, he would look like. <laughs> You're not wrong. Complete yeah. with spy goggles, which at yep, the time were made by uh, Scott, by the way. Were they really? Yeah. I never knew. Yeah. yeah. If you look back at old pictures of uh, of uh, the one year, like Pro Circuit has been Scott for every year, aside from, I think it was 2000, uh, they're wearing spy goggles, but the frames are are Scott. And really? uh, the yeah, Scott uh, spy <laughs> goggles were originally made by Scott. Wasn't it that that was the year that Nathan Ramsey wrote for him, right? That's correct. And I, I feel like I, I feel like I remember that. Uh Nathan yeah. Ramsey, maybe, maybe Nick Way too. Nick Way, uh Shea Bentley's on that team. Oh. Uh ooh, who else? Uh Talon Volan, of all people, also on that forget. team. Yeah. I would forget. 
Um, uh, who, yeah, who's, who's number uh, 299 there? Who's, who's got bigger muscles than you do? And honestly, another iconic chess pro. Yeah, that was my buddy, Jason Brazil. He was uh, he was a good friend of M-I-N-E. Sorry, I don't know if, are you aware of that game? No. I, so Travis and his buddies, you can't say mine. If you okay. do, you have to do 20 push-ups. Okay. And you can spell it. You can say my one, you can, any of that, anything, but don't, don't say the word. It's, it's, you're being, it's just, you just don't say it. All right. You're, you're self-centered if you say it. It's like, it's all about you, you know? I can, so I can get on with that. I will, I will uh, adhere to those um, rules going forward. Yeah. So get out and do some push-ups if you start saying it. Um, right. Anyway, so ignore it if I say my one at any point or M-I-N-E or if I just dance around that one, because I am the one guy that has to do a million pushups every time I go around them and I hate it. I'm tired of it. And I don't ever want to do a pushup again. It happens all the time. Perfect. Um, anyways, that's my friend, Jason. He uh, was his 34, I think in that picture. And I really? was, I, yeah, I was only like 16. I think I was gonna um, say, you do look half of his age. He, yeah. he, look, he looks like he's in his mid-20s. He definitely looks older than you, but yeah. Wow. Yeah, he but he started really racing around the same time as me, maybe a little bit sooner, but he was always a little bit faster than me, except at that track right there at Cooperland. He, okay. I don't think he ever beat me at Cooperland. And that was like, that place is my jam. I love that track. That, that was like my favorite track ever. And uh, it always ate at him so bad that he could never beat me there. But that was where that was at, and... uh yeah, we always had so much fun together though. He was he still is, still talk to him sometimes, but he doesn't ride anymore. But he's a he's a super good friend. And uh yeah, I don't uh I don't really know anywhere else that you guys would have related him to, but he's uh he was around at the early two thousand time. Um but he, he kinda stopped riding right after really that's right after the four strokes started getting big, he just kinda got over it. Um that was a two stroke that he had there. And once they started riding four fifties a bunch, he was kind of getting out of it. I don't really know if that was anything to do with it or not, but um, yeah, he's a super good guy though. I also noticed the, uh, the tag metal bars, uh, of course, uh, a, a crossbarless bar. Is that just a, uh, is that a Travis pro taper thing? You're just, you're following in <laughs> footsteps. Uh, and, and what's with the, the, uh, the, the front brake that's just like up in the air, a la Shea Bentley. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I was you're, you're up there. there. You're, you're like, yeah. yeah, those are in the air. I was definitely going to say something about that a little bit ago, and I forgot. But um, I don't even know why I used handguards, really, because those brakes were up so and the clutch was up so far that I don't even know if – I don't even know if they protected my hands, those handguards did. But, Certainly not. Um, I don't know. I just thought that was the place they needed to be. And as I've grown older and gotten a little smarter and wiser – I have realized that they don't need to be there, but there was a lot of years there where I, I kind of got into that habit where I just, and my dad always made a big deal out of it, I think. And I always got attention for it. Not that that's really a good or bad thing, but people would always be like, Oh yeah, look how high Brett runs his levers. Look how high he does it. And I was like, Oh, well run higher than that. Watch. But I I (laughs) don't really know, but I know that Kenny, uh, Kenny ran tag bars for a lot of years and, um, I don't know. I just I kind of liked it because it was different, you know. And um, I liked the way they way they looked, the way they worked, and that 
um, I kind of started actually liking those pro taper style bars whenever, uh, my dad worked for Guy Cooper for a while. Like mm-hmm. he, he built, uh, a bunch of stuff where his shops are at and all of his, he always rode with him and stuff, but he, uh, poured a bunch of concrete for him and he would always end up over there doing different things. And Guy was a big pro taper rider and he would always come home. It seemed like every two days or every, every week, I don't know if it's cause he crashed all the time or what, but he would come home with new bars that guy gave him. And, uh, they would be the, the ones with the no crossbar and the pink pad and all that stuff. And he was always put them up there and on the, in the garage. And, and, uh, I just thought that was so cool. Cause I was a, maybe a bigger guy fan than I was Travis or Kenny, but love guy. And so. like guy, Guy Cooper rode, and yeah, I think he even he even rode race nationals after or just like right around this time racing a KTM five twenty. Uh, yep. Were you it's around him five, during? Oh yeah, heck yeah. yeah! That was like yeah, that was after that we uh, really we got to know him pretty well. He was kind of uh, I think it was like maybe late eighties or early nineties whenever my dad started riding with him. It okay. was before he it was before he uh, was done racing Supercross actually. Okay. Uh, I think he was done racing Supercross in '93, and yep. but yeah, before that was when my dad was. My dad went to Belgium with him actually as his mechanic, and oh, wow. just a, a few things like that. But um, he came back in I think it was 2000 at 40 years old um, on a KTM 540. It was not just a 520. I think it was 02 because there, like, oh, if you watch. Yeah. I yeah, think it's yeah, O2 yeah. because if you watch the the first great outdoors, outdoors he's yeah. ripping whole shots like no tomorrow on number four, yeah. number 540. Yep, that's why it was number 540 also because it was a 540. Yeah, perfect. Uh, but, last yeah, thing he, I say, he got every whole shot. He freaking he did really good until he put his shoulder on backwards about red bud time. Yep, but that's right. he actually scored points. I think at just about every one. Oh, he yeah. did good. Yeah. He was pretty good. Uh, last thing I'm going to mention on this section of photos is I like the commitment to a very curved hat. Like that is so 2003. It fucking hurts, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, that's another no fear hat. That's yeah. pretty solid choice. I mean, I don't really know how people get away with flat bills running them straight and, no. and for like Ford, I can run a flat bill if it's back, turn around backwards and it's all right. But my head's yeah. just not the right shape, I guess for a, no, for five, I, your hat's pretty curved. Come on. Yeah. Oh, I always, I always run a decent curve. I just, these are just flex fit hats, right? So they're always curved a certain way. All right. Dude, I, I, um, would remember putting baseballs underneath the bill of my hat and with a, an elastic band. Rubber band. Yeah. Rubber yeah. banding around them. Yeah. And actually, that last picture, now we're talking about a guy, but that was at his house. That one on the green gear on that last, uh, last oh, okay. One. This is a Cooper Lawn there. No, that was at his house. Oh, that's his uh, house. Okay. Yeah, Cooperland was his track. That was like a few miles down the street. Okay. Uh, but he only owned that for a little bit, and then um, he sold it to a guy from Indiana, and then he sold it to another guy from Wisconsin. So wasn't guy's track for a long, long time, but it was just always called Cooperland. Fair enough, fair enough. But that was at his house. I like it. I also respect the uh, the commitment to white boots uh, and, and the, and the, the, the amount of – cleaning materials needed to keep them white dude just a little simple green never hurt nobody yeah oh hell yeah you you just just wash them as soon as you get back and they are always fine i I had a pair of boots for like eight years i'd wear them all the time and they always stayed white 
Uh, here's spinning yeah. the clocks way back. And, and this is, and, and Brett, this is why I said we weren't going to do uh, a ton of photos or that we could do like 10 of these because uh, we are damn near, we're 50 minutes into this. Uh, and uh, uh, we're, we're, we're on slide four. So uh, yeah. And I don't know if, can you even see me? I don't even really know if I'm pointing in the right direction or not. Uh, yeah, no, I can see you. No problem. Uh, I, I believe I, if I'm I not mistaken, like when this yeah. gets recorded, you'll be like a very small square in the corner. Um, yeah. yeah. So we got Guy Cooper holding you up. You look upset about it. Uh, and then I think it's the same day with, uh, JMB. That is, uh, Jean-Michel Bale. And then, yeah. uh, you're wearing one of Cooper's helmets in the middle one. So, uh, yeah, I, I just kind of gave it away, but take me through the photos. Yeah, well, that bottom picture was, like you said, my dad painted his helmets for a long time. A lot of them, not all of them, but he uh, he painted a bunch of his helmets, and I always thought it was cool. But the funny thing is about that picture is I was four, I think, and that helmet fit me pretty good. Like, guy's pretty small, and yep. it's amazing how well that helmet fits me, honestly. I, you wouldn't even really think about that unless I said it, but mm-hmm. it's kind of funny. Um, yeah, I don't really know much more about that picture, but my dad was, uh, about to send that off for Supercross or for, for something that guy was wearing it for. Um, those other two pictures though, those were the same day. And I remember that day really well. It was, uh, right after the Oklahoma city Supercross, I believe it was in night, probably 1990. I was four years old and, uh, John Michelle Bale was super cool. Like I remember him being a just super good guy to, he, he just gave me the time of day, you know, and that yeah. just, that was the cool thing for me back then. Like he just got down there and talked to me kind of like he's showing the picture. Um, unlike you hear about it, most of the French guys, you hear the French aren't very nice, but everyone I've ever talked to all Marvin Luskan, John Michelle Bale, like all these guys have been super cool to me anyway. So I don't have anything bad to say about them. I think it's hit or miss. I think you can find rude people everywhere, all over the world, but yeah. Yeah, for sure. But Jean-Michel Bale was a super nice guy, and he uh, got down and took a picture with me, and that's my sister standing next to me. Um, And I remember that being really cool. And Jeff Stanton was there that day, and Ezra Lusk, actually. Um, That was right after he started riding pro, I believe, or right before he started riding pro. that was kind of, kind of cool. They were just always like, there was a big awe about him that day. I, I remember. Um, and then guy was there too, obviously, but this was at the 500 right down the street also from guy's house. And I had known guy a bunch at this point. Like I'd known guy for a long time already, whenever this was uh, taken. And I remember that he, he just thought it'd be kind of funny to pick me up and, and take a picture of me. Cause they're like, oh, Brent, let's take a picture with you. And it's crazy that I remember this as well as I do. But I remember, like, there was a big circle around the box van. That was his box van and Bale's box van and all that around the the pits where they were parked at that day. And that's whenever they didn't take a semi the races. You know, they t- took a box van and a lot of the guys drove. Yeah. So it was – they just didn't really have – I mean, they would try to find somewhere to ride during the week a lot of times. Wasn't anywhere, anything like now where it's like, oh, I'll fly back to California for six days before I fly back for the next race or whatever. It was, you just got to make do with what you got, you know. You got a box van, got some parts and bikes, and got to ride them and get some time in. So they went up to guys and they stayed for a week. Um, but 
there was a big circle of people around the back of this box man and guy i remember guy just being like come on Brett, come on and he was like chasing after me and i remember running around and all i remember seeing was people's feet like i was looking straight down and i was i was so short you know that it wasn't just like i was looking up and looking at their faces but i just remember running around and seeing feet and seeing going this way and seeing feet and this way and seeing feet and i couldn't get out it was a circle and i was trapped and i didn't know what to do and i was like panicking that i and it wasn't that i was scared of guy at all like i i love guy i was a big fan and that was partly why I was so scared. I was like, I'm just so embarrassed. You know, he's, he's holy. He's going to pick me up. And he picked me up and I started crying. And I, I was uh, actually maybe about to bust into more tears at this point. But it looks like you're was, on uh, the verge there. Yeah. You you don't yeah. seem nearly as calm as you do no. in the in the picture with JMB. Like... No, no, not at all. I was uh, just about to, to cry a little more, I feel like. But I, I don't think that I really got in to crying as much as you would imagine from that face, mm. but it was still probably enough to, uh, to be embarrassed. I mean, I didn't want to cry in front of Guy Cooper, you know, and all the people around, I remember thought it was so funny, but of course they did. You know, I would be the same way if I was doing that and, and, uh, around that now, you know, but. Do you think you'd cry if, if Guy tried to pick you up now? I think Guy would probably cry if he tried to pick me up now. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think that, I think I'm a little heavier than he is and a little bit taller. He's maybe yeah. about five foot seven and 120 pounds soaking wet. I don't know if he could pick me up. You guys so. should try to like somehow recreate this, <laughs> like this photo. Like you wouldn't, have, you could, it could be pretty done pretty easily because you, you could be like sitting doing it and like, yeah. because you, you wouldn't uh, actually have to be lifting you, but I think if you oh actually wait, no, he has you like, those are your legs. Yeah, those are my legs. So he'd have to scoop you up. I think Guy Guy would be the one crying in this photo. Oh my god! Yeah. Sure it wouldn't be me, but I could actually I could probably sit down and he could then then like cradle my legs and yeah, and it might get weird, but it'd be all right, I guess. Yeah, fun. like hey, no one on the else on the internet would understand what it is, but I, at least I'd get a laugh out of it. Yeah, yeah, uh, you got to pick stitch it, you know. Hundred percent. Yeah, get that pick stitch going. <laughs> Uh, that awesome. Well, I apologize to your sister for cropping that out, but that's how I got the picture. So I think that's on yeah. you. I'm pretty sure that she might have been cropped out in the one that I have too. Okay. Maybe we just took a picture of us. I don't know. She was too tall. Perhaps, perhaps. Oh, uh, let's move on to another absolute legend. Got a chance to talk to this guy for two or three hours uh, when the rains came to Loretta's this year. My first year at Loretta's, of course, it rains four days straight. Um yep. But this must have been pretty cool for you to like basically like show up, do your thing and ride with a guy who at one point, like, like, and this is an absolute legend of motocross, Kevin Windham, like he, for, for his entire career, he was like the picture of, of what textbook uh, style and technique was. Uh, and he's just an awesome guy to be around. Um, I think these pictures are from the same day because you're wearing the same helmet, same goggles in both, or at least it's a, yep. at least the same weekend. Take me through these a little bit. Uh, this is this has got to be pretty near and dear to your heart. Yeah, this is the first day that I got, ever got to meet and ride with Kevin. I was so nervous. Um, our buddy uh, Chris Blankenship, short is what they call him. He was uh, the dirt works guy. That yeah, he was good friends with Kevin, and he passed away. Um, but before that he was the one that got me introduced to Kevin and got me to come out and ride with them. Um, they were out there redoing his track for 
I don't even remember why they were redoing it. He wasn't training at this time and he wasn't, uh, he wasn't going to go racing. I don't believe the next year, this is in 2013. And I think he just, uh, just retired. And yeah, I think 12 was his last year. Yeah. I was actually at that race whenever he, he hung it up and he decided he wasn't going to do it anymore. Um, but I was always a big fan, you know, like I just, I love his style. I, I just was a fan of him as a person on and off the bike. Um, and I never thought I'd get to ride with him. I was so excited. Always was a guy I wanted to ride with and, and looked forward to, but never really thought I'd have the chance. And then short, um, I was doing the road to X games thing. I was trying to get into that. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was why he took me down there or got me to come down there and ride. They were redoing his track, like I said. And, and so it was a hot, hot day. It was the middle of summer in Mississippi and, if you've never been to Mississippi in the middle of the summer, you don't want to because it is so hot. It was a miserable oven down there. And I remember I got there pretty early because he said that obviously you want to ride early as possible. So me and Dayton, the guy that's doing the, the video there, um, we got there and we were down there for a little bit and I was kind of learning the track and, and uh, just riding. And then, I was just so nervous. You know, I was like terrified of when Kevin would show up and just how it would all go down. And I remember, um, well, there's actually a video, the road to Games video, but Kevin showed up. He like, he lives right there by his track, you know, and he rode in and he was watching me and he, he watched me do this whip. And I didn't even know he's there yet. And I, I was like, I, it's a good thing I didn't because I probably would have just crashed or made myself <laughs> not brought it back. Thing. Yeah, exactly. But I, I tossed a little whip. And then I saw him over there and I, I remember going over there and introducing myself and getting to talk to him for a second. I was just like in, in awe. And it turns out like every, every time, every jump I would whip it on out of his place, he whipped it the other way. And it was so cool that we could cross like we did and the way that the way we worked together riding, it was, it was all time. I don't, I'm sure you could do that with everybody and kind of work around whatever kind of level of beginner rider was out there or whoever it was you know i think he could do that with anybody but it was just amazing to ride with him and it was the coolest uh dream come true really and uh i remember we didn't ride for very long like we filmed for a little bit and and uh he was like all right let's go get in the swimming pool so we went down to his house and we went and got in the pool and he got a a malibu and coke and we talked a little bit and filmed some more and it was uh it was just a day that i'll never forget so it's a lot of fun. And I didn't even crash. So I was happy about that. Absolutely. Uh, that, that's that awesome. Same jump though, that the jump on the left of the, the screen, yep. that was in 2013. And then it was 2000, I don't know, it was a few years later that I'd ridden with them a bunch by then, gone and stayed with them, like knew them pretty well. Um, but we were doing another video that was, uh, I'd got him one of the motorsport team's mechanics had a cr250 and he was going to ride that and then i got a, a service cr500 and i was going to ride that and on that same jump kevin windham's life almost ended because i crashed and he almost ended up getting taken out by my cr500 it would have been such a horrible crash but i'm so glad i missed him um that's really the only thing I can think about. Anytime I see anything from that day of the 500 shoot, I think about how I almost killed Kevin. <laughs> so that was that same jump though. 
you would go have gone from uh, like a fan favorite to uh, the everlasting villain of the motocross industry for killing one of uh, maybe the fans' yeah. most beloved sons. Uh, whenever I see this, sure. like this version of bike, I always think of how ugly that that header pipe was on the Hondas. That was like 150 yeah. feet long. Like they kind of came out the one side, down all the way across the front and back, like. Yeah, but at least they got to shorten the can on that because yeah, of that, you know, that's like, true. The, the can didn't have to stick out there like a cowie, so yeah. can't be having that. Yeah, you, you can't beg on that. But yeah, that was not like the front of that motorcycle was not my favorite uh, iteration of the uh, the CRF 450. Uh, no, I wasn't yeah, a rock favorite either. Rocks tended to uh, just smoke that thing and fold well, it up. Lots of surface area for that to uh, to go sideways. Um, yeah, and then I, th- I think you guys also did some pond skimming uh, the the next time you guys went out there. Yes, uh, I don't think it was the next time, but it was uh, a few years later. I I did that a few times with Kevin, and I never would have thought I would do that either. But luckily, the first time I did was on his bike, so I wasn't too scared. Not I was still pretty scared, but less than I would have been if it would have been my bike. Is it so. easier than it looks? I don't know. Obviously, like when you're you just gotta go for it, hold it wide open, and hope that you don't cartwheel but like what's the process of like regaining back to the ground like that's gotta be that's gotta feel weird well it's really gotta be the right pond because if it has like any sort of bank on it that where it can kick you then it's yeah you're kind of ugly but kevin has a pretty or kevin's parents live down there actually it's like just next door to his house but um they have a perfect pond for it and the pond is actually huge as you could tell in some of the videos there was one where he made it across and then he got going the other way. And I don't even know what he was thinking. He he had to have known he was going to sink this bike. So there was nowhere he was going to come out, but he was, he went out for a long ways, but there's a perfect little finger that sticks out of that pond. That is just like ideal for pond skimming, just the entrance and the exit to it. It's uh if you drop in too much from, from the side, it'll get you all sketchy and it's not ideal and coming out the same way, but. That's kind of why the usually if you see some at the sand dunes, if you'll see a lake or a pond or a um, area of water, that's usually one of the best ones to do, just because it's so gradual. Not, yeah, it's so gradual coming into it and out of it. So it just takes the right pond, but it's a a pretty scary deal. And I'm glad I've never found another pond since then that has been um, as doable because I probably would have ended up trying it. But. Yeah, and then you wouldn't have your uh, your knees working as well as they are now. They don't work very well, actually, because I got to get my PCL fixed now. So I, I just did it the other day. What? Yeah, not good. And it was on the same yeah, I just got fixed last year at this time. Yeah, but, when I saw you at that across um, the Nations, you had just gotten worked on. Uh, you were hobbling around. Yeah, that was the first surgery, too. And then I had to get the ACL actually fixed. That was the surgery to fix the holes from the old ACLs in my bones. Then they had to go back in December and fix my ACL. Now they got to fix my PCL. But the good news is I got ACLs and PCLs on both sides, as you do too. But that's the the only one that I hadn't messed up was that PCL. So now I'm four for four. So we're Perfect. looking good. Nice. Yeah. Well, everything gets swapped out eventually in uh, yeah. in your knees. Um, well, a lot of cool things going on in this photo, not just Travis Pastrana back when he was on Suzuki's. 
Uh, also, the 365 gear. Uh, this is something that unfortunately kind of like went by the way of the Dodo Bird. But this was kind of a cool project that you had going on with. I guess this was a motorsport thing back in the day. Or what was the what was the like the the genesis of the 365 stuff? Uh, no, that was actually me and Dayton that okay. got the video stuff. Um, and Chris Crossland, the, the guy who did the, ah, yes. in, um, we kind of went in together on it and that was just something that we were, we were working to try. This was actually the very first set of it we had. It was the first sample set or of the stuff we sold, I guess I should say the very first set. Um, I don't know if we have a picture of it and I, I could find you one, but Colt Nichols actually wore the first three, six, five got the gear. I remember that. We, he was Crossland yeah, that year. Yep, he rode. That was his rookie year of Supercross. Way towards so, me up. Yep, that was that was probably like five rounds in, I think. But yeah. um, the very first gear that we got of that, I got it, or me and Dayton got it. We lived together at the time, and it was like you know those pajamas that are the like the one piece Travis Pastrana pajamas that yes. the kids wore for a long time. That's exactly what it was like. And we looked at each other. We we're like, is this real life right now? Like Colt's got to wear this stuff coming up. We can't let him wear this stuff. And so we saved the jersey from it because the jersey was fine. But then the, the pants, we had to figure something else out because there was no way we were getting a pair of pants before Dallas. And so we ended up, we got a pair of Troy Lee pants. And my mom was in the hotel room the night before taking off the logos and sewing on a ride three, six, five logo for Colt Nichols pants. And I think he had like two or three pairs of pants that he got to wear for the first, like it was like practice. It was like every, all his gear. That's all he had was these three pairs of pants and like three jerseys or two jerseys um, that he got to wear for all these races and all the practice, like everything he was doing, he had to wear this stuff. And I felt so bad for Colt. He was such a good sport about it. He's he's a super good kid, but or super good guy, I guess. He's not a kid anymore, but I've uh, known him for so long. He just seems like a little kid to me. But yeah, that was uh, the first set of the stuff that we actually had for sale was right here, and I got it right before we went to Travis's, and it was a perfect time to to show the world what we were going to do. So I almost killed myself in it a couple times. And uh, one time was being on that ramp right behind us. And uh, yeah, it's a fun trip. So tell me about this day. Uh, Travis has some weird stuff attached to his helmet. Uh, not entirely sure why. Um, but uh, and yeah, like this is one of, I can only imagine a hundred uh, RM 250s that he's ridden over the years. This one looks a little bit wor- more worse for wear than any of the others. Uh, no bar pad on it, which I think is is pretty gutsy, but that's kind of his mo. Uh, what was going on here? He's he, like, I, there's not too many pictures of, of Travis in TLD pants. No, there's uh, there's actually quite a bit going on here, and probably more than I'll even think of. But all that foam taped to his helmet was actually because right behind there, there's that's the jump that Josh Sheehan did the triple backflip on. Right, and there was actually another level of ramp on top of that. Whenever he did that, but that ramp was still, I think. I think it was like 37 feet tall. I think that's what they said. But this jump was huge. Like all the way up to the airbag was giant. And uh, that's what's up there. It's not a landing at this point. It's an airbag. And uh, Travis, every time he would jump and try to do something big on the airbag and like slap his head or like slap his body down, he would knock himself out. And that's why the foam is there. So he just didn't want to get knocked out anymore. 
Um, but he got knocked out so many times. Whenever him and Josh were working on that triple, he he kept trying it too. And he just knocked himself silly so many times that he said that, all right, you can have this. I don't want it. So, so Travis actually tried the triple as well. I guess, yeah, he was working on trying it. I, I wasn't out there at this time, but that's kind of what they said, that he was he was trying to do it as well at the same time. And uh, he ended up just – that might have been what that helm was actually from or started from. But he just – every time he slapped the bag so hard, he would knock himself out. So he didn't want to do that anymore. But Remember those M2R helmets that Travis rode for at Warren for a bit? <laughs> yeah, that was one Travis uh, – that was one I thing I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I could never get on board with that one. No, never did it. Never did. Always stuck with the Arai. I was a fan of uh, the three piece, you know. But yeah, that was uh, that was the story behind that deal. And this was actually like right after. Okay, so actually, the first time he called me to do this, he was like, "That ramp on the right is like a normal ramp, and then the one to the left is a front flip ramp," and neither one of them are lined up with the airbag, which I don't really know why you would think that they would have cut that hole and actually thought about where they were going to line it up at. And if it was going to be in the right spot, but that ramp is actually not even close to being lined up. And they tell a lot of people to go to the right. And if you, and they, they say go right, but you really don't, you can't see the airbag. You can't see anything up there. And so you're like, okay, go right. He, and Travis like, follow me off at the first time, but don't hit it. You know, just like stop at the bottom and I'll show you which way I go. This is from the and, day that you destroyed that bike. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I just uh, remember that. Yeah. So it, okay. whenever you jump this, you have to like go all the way over there by that loose dirt on the left and cut into the right. Like you start at the bottom left of that ramp, like at the corner. And by the time you go off it, you hit the top right of it. It's, terrifying thinking about going off something like that and not even lining up like you should um anyways back to what i was saying yeah uh i was going out there the first time because travis knew that i liked to whip and he was like dude you gotta come whip it off this jump he's like i want you i want to see how big you can go off this ramp and he showed me a video of ashley waskob i think uh going off of it and the the whip that he does he does it so big, and then there's like when you bring a whip back, if you if you bring it back, and you still are not ready to land yet, like you come back and you end up like rotating the other way, like it's a gyro and it just mm-hmm. goes back. And that's why oppos are really weird. Like you go up, and if you don't go big enough, you try to come back the other way, and then you go back. It's weird, um, but he did it, and. I, the video is out there somewhere, but he whipped it, went super big, spun around, and then he goes like this and spins. It's just a weird, weird motion that his bike does. And he's like, I want to see what you do. And I'm like, oh, so I'm going to drive from Oklahoma to Maryland just so you can see me whip it off this thing? Okay, fine. So I did it, and I went there, and he knew that I'd never backflipped or frontflipped or anything like that. And, um, well, by the time the weekend was over or the whole, when I was there, I didn't even hit that ramp on the right. That wasn't a front flip ramp. I didn't want to try to whip it off that thing. Cause I tried to jump straight off at that one time and I still missed it. And that ended up bad enough. So I really didn't want to whip it because I knew that I would definitely not hit the airbag. The airbag is like 30 feet wide. And it's still, whenever you're up that high, 
it seems like a little ant den and you're just so scared that you're even going to hit it right or that you're going to make it on the airbag. So not only do you got to worry about jumping over it, you got to worry about jumping to the right of it, which is trees and a drop off or to the left of it. Like I did, I guess the best case scenario is what I did. Um, because I didn't miss the bag, but my bike did. And I broke it up and had to get it all fixed up. And about three hours later, I went out and I front flipped it first try. So it was scary, but Travis has a way of doing that and making you think it's okay. Not that he like peer pressures you or whatever, but it's just like that place is its own world. It's like you go there and nothing else exists. You You're there and there's no outside world. It's like, that's the world. It's so weird. It's like a weird, weird feeling you get, but um, you really kind of just have to shut a lot of things off in your brain whenever you go there and just kind of just go with it and trust that, that he has an idea of what he's talking about and he will lead, lead you in the right direction, which most of the time he does. Um, but yeah, it was, it was fun. And I was glad to leave there alive every time I've been there. There you go. Like if, if Travis didn't get into moto, would you think he'd be good at sales? I, he'd probably, he'd be good at everything he does. It doesn't even matter what he does. He's good at it. And if he's not good at it, he'll work until he is good at it. It's pretty amazing. Just the, the amount of natural ability and whatever he does, he has. It's pretty cool. There's not a lot of people like that. So he's a uh, definitely a special character. Uh, I, I do also respect the uh, commitment to, uh, I believe those are, I think that's a 90 front too. That's a wide front tire on uh, Travis's bike. That's a, that's a Michelin. Who's that character? That's Trey, man. We're having that is a very today. young Trey Kennard. This is 2005. Oh, four, oh, five. This is 05. Uh, yep. second year for the, that's the steel framed, Suzuka Kawasaki, uh, Franken bike. Uh, these were notorious for boiling over. Um, <laughs> and I believe, yeah, that's, uh, that's, a, that's even a, uh, a no fear helmet. Uh, oh, yeah, they ran those things, baby. Yeah, he, he ran these. Um, yeah, this is, I think, is, is this a 13 or a 14 year old tray? Um, 13. He was born, let's see, he was born like 89. Yeah. So, no, that's, he's older than that. Is sixteen, I think. Okay, he good? must he mustn't have turned pro the year he was sixteen. Then, like he he Actually, turned pro in uh, the summer in, of 07. Yeah, um, I think this was oh five, and I'm pretty sure he was born in eighty nine, September okay. of eighty nine. So he might have been fifteen, just turning sixteen later that year. But yeah, this was uh, at Cooperland. Actually, this was we both rode the B class that year, and this was the Oklahoma State race. And uh this was on the pit bike track in the back. There was uh just a bunch of little little bay tabletops and oh my gosh. My little girl has some serious oral action in her mouth. Oh my Dude, where'd you where's the milk that goes to those things? Come on. Killing me. <laughs> Dude, hey, don't let all that dropping Oreos out of her mouth. Oh my ten to ten o'clock at night. Yeah. Doesn't she have preschool tomorrow? Dude, yeah, she does. Hey, get off of me, please. Get off. I'm not going to be happy with you if you don't. Where's your mother? Get off. Where's your mom? She needs to come rescue you. Get you before I spank you. Spank your butt. 
Brooke. No, tell him. Help me. Tell him that. Um, Sorry. Thing. All good, brother. This no. is this, this is real. This is raw. This is real life. Hey, Brooke. She's coming. She's dropping Oreos all out of her mouth on my pants. Well, shoot, man. Wait, no. No. Oh. She got in trouble. You got yelled at. Mm-hmm. Mama came at her. Mm. You don't want to work that, Jeff. I was going to say, you've probably dealt with that because you don't miss, you misbehave as well. Yep, for sure. Um, anyways, this was before we rode the B class in 2005 at a Oklahoma State race. And yeah. yeah, Trey's always been a big goon rider. You don't have, like I said, fun on the bike. And, and I do too. I, th- actually, this was maybe like, this was really at the start of my goon riding career. Like I didn't really know what I was doing. I just saw that they were just having fun. And really whenever you goon ride, it's like, it's a whole different style of riding because the things that you usually try not to do. You're doing those things. You do those things and you don't care. That's the, that's the good secret to goon riding. You don't, you don't have to like go out of your way to look silly. You just ride. And then all the things that you try not to do, you just, usually you just let them happen yeah. and it just look it looks so natural that way like sitting so, into corners putting your leg down towards rather than putting it out yeah. yeah and just everything that you try not to do you do it so that's uh i don't know if that's necessarily the case here on trey's move but i think he calls that a super dwindle or something but i don't really <laughs> know why um okay. i just i just think that's his name for it for some reason but we might have to like send him, like we might have to like invite him onto this call in order for him to sort this thing out. Although I think, it, like, well, he's two hours behind this. It's 8 p.m. uh, yeah. California, but oh, yeah. uh, sure. um, but yeah, I just wanted to include this because this is uh, this is rather iconic. And I, I honestly, I, I, I love the uh, the reoccurrence of uh, no fear gear. This was like this is a great time for for moto gear uh yeah late late 2000s early 2000, 2010s wasn't wasn't the best in the world but uh this stuff wasn't bad yeah this stuff was way before its time for sure no fear stuff was always so cool yeah. it was uh mcgrath inspired just the cool stuff so mm-hmm. yeah i was all about it uh and then uh yeah i think i think this is the last one uh this is shredding with dad uh, you yeah. were number two. Dad was number six, I guess. If that's if that makes sense. Uh, I think I was three six five on that one. Oh yeah, 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 I know. But like, like, just I'm sure prior to getting that number, this has got to be that. This is the same gear as you were running at uh, uh, Cooper's place. There, uh, yeah. you're both ro- rocking the three piece helmets, uh, both oh, yeah. painted by your mat, your old man. Is he on yeah. a four stroke or is that a one twenty five? He's on a one twenty five. Holy crap! That was uh, that was his jam most of the time. He still tries to get me to look for him at 125. He's like, if you find a 125, I'll, I'm interested in it. I'm going to get it. I'll pick it up if it's a good deal. It's like, look for me a deal. Like, okay, Dad. I really don't want him to ride, and I, I feel bad telling him that, but I don't think he needs to be on a bike. So, How old is your dad? Uh, oh, man, he's 71. Oh, geez, yeah. My dad's yeah. 65, and he, I think he's on the he, – like the last couple of summers where I, I would feel comfortable with him throwing a leg over a dirt bike in yeah. any shape or form. 
I think uh, it's it's been a few years since he's written, but it was um, at Compound Seventy Seven down in Southern Oklahoma, and there was this big step up, and he tried it. It was he was like sixty five at the time, and he clipped it and and just went over the bars, and he ended up like puncturing a lung and cutting all kinds of stuff internally, and it was bad news. But he was in the hospital for a while, and. I figure after that, I didn't think they needed to ride much anymore, but he still thinks that he needs to be out there. So I don't really know what, I don't know what he's thinking. Fair yeah. enough. Well, well, this was 20 years ago. So he's in his mid forties here. So he's very much yeah. vet class, but yeah, it looks like he's, uh, like if you didn't know the person on the, on the right, or I guess in your case, in this, in this was on the, yeah, on the left, um, is 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 in his 40s you, you'd never know aside from they're they're quite skinny uh yeah. what's uh yeah like that's that's a reasonable age to ride a dirt bike yeah for sure no he's uh he's definitely in good shape he's still got a six-pack which Amazing. being at 71 and still have a six-pack it's like he weighs probably 130 pounds he's he's not normal but i guess that's not a bad thing so but yeah this place is where I was able to start riding. Um, we had a bunch of land leased and it was in Western Oklahoma and it was uh, a bunch of mountains and plateaus and such like you see in the background. And whenever you got bored of riding the track, my dad built, we would go climb hills and go build step ups and all kinds of fun stuff like that. Um, the reason that I actually got to meet Travis was because of this place. He, uh, and he came out there all the time with us and he was still pretty young whenever he started, but then he got to be good friends with Travis. And first time Travis ever came out there was right before he raced his first supercross. So it was Christmas of 99. I'm pretty sure that's the first time I got to meet Travis. Okay. And, and uh, he actually, at some point or right around then he wanted to actually buy a place out here and move out there, start a supercross track and all of his training was going to be out there. And then he got in trouble in, in Maryland for cutting down a bunch of trees, I think, um, or of obstructing waterways or something. There was something he got in trouble with. He got fined a whole lot of money. And so he didn't end up doing it, but he was, uh, he really had a lot of fun. He loved riding out here and he wanted to build a track and, and kind of live out there and be away from everybody and train for supercross, which really now that you see in hindsight, like, that might not have helped his cause because there was all kinds of stuff he could get in trouble on out here. Yes. Um, but yeah, we had uh, at least 3,500 acres out there and there was so much fun stuff to do and so much cool stuff to ride. Um, so my dad built a couple of tracks and, and that's where. All right. Good night, babe. I love you. That's not what the came to do. All right. Tell him good night. All right. Love you. Good night, Riley. Hey, go to bed. So this is where uh, this is where I learned how to ride. And please, that's cool, man. You must have a you must have a lot of time here. Yeah, for sure. But we only rode there in the winter, though, because in the summertime there was a lot of rattlesnakes out here, and they would always they would be all over the place. Honestly. Um, the sand dunes there in Oklahoma are maybe 20 miles down the street or a little further from this. And they have the, the biggest rattlesnake roundup in the whole area at that place from snakes that are caught out here at this, at this, uh, mountain range.
pretty or at, every year, but they have a lot of a lot of big old snakes that that come out of here, and we didn't want to get bit by one, so we we didn't uh, get to ride out there in the summertime where when the snakes weren't in hibernation. So it was a wintertime thing. Actually, in the summertime, I didn't even get to ride for those four years. Um, I started riding in 96 and I didn't ever ride another track until 2000. Holy. And I rode at this place and my dad built jumps all the time and we just did all kinds of stuff out there. I never rode a disc tilled up like loose dirt track with ruts for four years. So that's why I'm not very good at ruts still. Um, I blame it on that. Not like I haven't ridden any since then, but. I still just didn't grow up on them. I just grew up on hard packed and, and jumps. So that was kind of why it turned out. I, I believe how I did. But, I like it. Yeah. It's a, it was a cool place. And I, I've been trying to, to get into real moto a couple of years um, or the last couple of years they had it. I wanted to go out and do a real moto part there. Cause I think there'd be some, some cool stuff that, that we could do. There was one jump that went all the way up one of those things and nobody ever made it. Travis tried it. Kenny tried it. Everybody tried it. But Travis even got on Kenny's YZ250 at one point whenever he was like actually factory Suzuki. Yeah. He got on Kenny's YZ250. He's like, turn the cameras off. I want to go make this dude jump. And he still didn't make it. But he got close, just never made it. I that would be cool it. to see it. Uh, Travis Pastrana on an um, early 2000s Yamaha. That's something that, yeah. Uh, yeah, if anyone has a disposable camera with that, that might be the, the most valuable photos. In the yep, sport, sure. uh, your sure. wrist must, you've been holding your phone the entire time. So you must have arm pump at this point. And, uh, but I, I appreciate you coming on, man. I, I, I told you this is going to, we were going to take longer than, uh, than expected. An hour and a half, just under, I guess, uh, yeah. by the time it took me to, to put all the photos together and whatnot. But this was a lot of fun. I, uh, I'm glad we were able yeah, to definitely. do this and pull some stories out. And there's a whole lot more to get to. So we'll, we'll def- definitely be at least a part two. Yeah, for sure. Glad I, uh, glad we got to, to do this. And I'm sorry I am so long winded whenever I talk about stuff. A lot of times I feel like it's probably stuff that you're just like, okay, okay, okay. Shut up. Oh, dude, people love this stuff. I, 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 dude, I eat this stuff up. Like if, if I'm the only person who listens to Big MX radio, like I'm, I'm still loving it. So, uh, uh this, this was, this was gold. Uh, I'm really glad we were able to do this. Yeah, me too. For sure. I would, uh, I would like to someday get, um, say Kevin or Travis or whoever it is and have photos of, of both of us or things that could relate to both of us and, and do it all kind of together ish. Let's do one. There, there'll be stuff that they remember. Or I remember that they don't and just stories that come up. That'd be pretty fun. Absolutely. But, hey, uh, if, if that means uh, you uh, connect me with Travis, goddamn Pastrana and we do one of these, uh, yeah, you have the, um, yeah, twist my rubber arm, man. Don't threaten me with a good time. Uh, yeah. But looks like you probably got to get the little one off to bed. And uh, for those who are listening to this uh, or watching it, uh, yeah, they've, they've uh, been, uh, been watching it for damn near an hour and a half now. So that, that's, that's awesome. Uh, Brett, this was great. Thanks for sharing the stories and thanks for being uh, the first guest, the first official guest on Moto Albums. Yes, sir. Looking forward to the next one. Thank you for having me. Awesome, dude. Well, do not hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we're going to cut things off right, right. there.